3: Steve Rosenblum.
1: We suck, so your self quarantine doesn't have to.
4: Mark Grody.
1: I think there will be lasting derivatives of this once we get through it, and hopefully we will, um, with minimal damage, that um, people will be more aware, honestly, of washing their hands. And um, Good thing. And
2: apparently wiping. Apparently wiping. They suck, so you don't have to. They can do what they have to do, they know what they have to do. Now they don't have any problem getting it done.
3: Founding members of the WB Club. Wake and bake. Come on.
5: Where's Toby? Well, so I'm practicing, you know, social distancing, and I have a few tips for everybody, you know. You know, no sharing pipes or joints, things like that.
3: The three words that describe this show, and I quote. Stink. stink. Stump. It's Saturday Suckage on The Score. We should be 670 WSUK. Welcome in. Steve Rosenblum, Mark Rody Saturday Suckage. Just let me put a question mark right here. Why the? Why don't the Sox take any blame for giving the guy a glove after the netting incident? There you go. Come join us on Saturday Suckage today.
1: Mark Brody, how are you? I'm doing well. And you know what? Unfortunately, that's what it was going to take. Sometimes drastic situations lead to drastic decisions and that's what it's going to be for Eloy Jimenez Steve I am I am doing great and I do want to ask the audience the same question I asked you on Twitter well I suppose that was to our audience is tonight's <laughs> Bulls game at San Antonio the most anticipated of all time with Nikola Vucevic being in uniform for the Chicago Bulls tonight it begins
3: it did. Well, it sort of began the, the new thing begins. This has all been a part of a step plan. For me, this is the most anticipated game since Jim Boylan was fired, which began the anticipated repudiation of all things Garpacks in this latest in this latest version of a rebuild. And and the reason this is so significant, it's not just ACME which is Arturis Karnaschovas and Mark Eversley. That's they're being called ACME. This is not just ACME looking at this roster, these draft picks, this idea of a team of a, ro- of, of, of a style of play and saying, too bad, too soft, too injured, too really awful. And they evaluated and said, it's really simple. Get tough or get out and then get better. Oh, my God. They went out and did something I, I never would have expected guard Packs to do. I never would have seen the. I never would have expected the the uh, the, the, the first round draft picks to be sacrificed because they were always about that. Oh, we're young. We're young doesn't mean good. It just means young. Well, you have an all star center to play with an all star guard, and the all star guard is the player who got a hell of a lot better exactly uh, being got a hell of a lot better the day the trade was made don't you think or should we are looking forward to seeing there's hope here right is Mark still there did Mark go bye-bye? trash pan to help me am I still here
6: yeah you're still here I don't know where mark went though
3: where's mark did he did he go I uh, you know what Mark's probably in front of us in front of his TV now
6: oh, okay he's already
3: he's already <laughs> lined up. He is anticipating that so much, and I love the idea that Zach Levine let out a scream (laughs) at home when he heard, this is what we're doing, and they share the same agent, Vucevic and and Levine share the same agent, and shared an all-star game, and shared this all-star, this kind of 5-1 pick-and-roll and is Mark back? Did you go away? Were you setting up your TV? We, we thought you were setting up. Your, you just left the show. You were so excited about getting in front of the TV to see the Bulls game tonight,
1: Mark. No, I was so into what you were saying that I forgot that I was a co-host. I was like, I thought I was a listener. So I was just like turning up my radio and doing stuff around the house like I always do when I'm listening.
3: <laughs> Hanging up and listening for your answer.
1: Yeah. Also, yeah. <laughs> also that was weird, man. And hope everybody's are. Right. But an Amber Alert just blasted. Did you hear that too?
3: Yes. In your, your... I did. It was oh. blasting in my ear as I as I as I got that. I go, oh my god. That's...
6: I also got that alert, but well, wow. You know, of course,
1: that's the whole idea. I guess I'm the only one who couldn't take the pain because I just kind of dropped everything and
6: <laughs> shut down. Well, my phone is also on silent, so there wasn't any big uh. rain.
1: OK, right. Yeah, no, it, it blew me.
3: Mine up, is, so too, because that... there might be somebody calling me and I don't want to deal with that. You know, it was really significant It just perfect timing and says what you need to know about how this front office looks at the last front office, how this front office wants its roster to be different from the last front office. Wendell Carter, Jr., right, A. One of the proud, proud many. Wasn't he one of the run of the parade of number seven draft picks? Whoever he was. wherever he he was. was. He sure was. Carter Jr., after the Bulls lost to the Cavaliers, said, quote, From the get-go as a team, we underestimated them. We just thought we could show up and play just because of our record, of their record. That's the kind of vibe I was getting. Even in warm-ups, I'm like, man, come on. We're not one of the best teams in the league either soft and bad is no way to go through the NBA so the guy who said that who spoke it publicly was was part of the deal you're out bye-bye don't even pack that's how much we want you out of here and that's the kind of that's the kind of mentality you had floating around that roster and if anything that was the most valuable message sent to to the
1: players who remain here that you get tough or you get out. Wendell Carter Jr. always in his time with the Bulls always had a habit of saying the right things. I remember when he was a rookie and reading things from, from most of the Bulls beat reporters that Wendell Carter Jr. shows like this, this kid could be a leader. Like he's, he's a winner. He comes from Duke and uh, you know, he, he really wants it. And, and I, I believe that he does, and maybe he will be. But what, for whatever reason, nothing translated onto the court for Wendell Carter Jr. And Arturis Karnaschovas and Mark Eversley made a fast decision on him. And I don't think it's that hard when you can get somebody like Nikola you know, Vucevic. All of a sudden, it's like, okay, enough with this development crap. Everything we said, forget that. Everything we just said right there is bleep. Um, as, as was said in my cousin Vinny. By the way, I do need to make something very clear. I, I hate that I have to do this, but I'm going to do this based on a couple of tweets that I've gotten based on my tweet saying that this is the most anticipated Bulls game oh. of all time. Yeah. Uh, like, this, like this text message from the 773. Groats was cut off because he asked if this was the most anticipated Bulls game ever, and he was alive in the 90s Bulls. I had a similar one on Twitter as well. My goodness, folks, I'm being facetious. I didn't think I'd have to say that. (laughs) This isn't even the most anticipated Bulls game in the last 10 years, okay? So, look, I was was being sarcastic. What do they say? Like, if if you have to explain your joke, then it probably wasn't very good, so I will wear that, Steve.
3: No, it was just, I think you made your point. I think everyone understood it, and then everybody's getting pedantic and and there you go. They must so be first time get,
6: listeners for this show because clearly
3: they don't understand. They don't
6: understand a yeah, bit, you know. Yeah. Yeah, the so sarcastic
1: we, suckage, yeah.
3: <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> we suck so you don't have to. If you would like to chime in on not getting it, our text number is 312-644-6767. The Tech Zone is brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time, shop online at RosenHyundai.com. If you'd like to be the one phone caller of the day, which is what we seem to average, <laughs> or a little below, we have a we, we have a war. We have, we have a, a, a car, caller above replacement of, of less than one.
1: Oh, but if we don't have a car. We don't have a car to give you. We don't want to do that have, again. Remember, no, we, we got in trouble ever, the last time we gave away car. fake
3: prizes. But it's, a, it's an acronym for callers above replacement. Ours is below one. That number is also 312-644-6767. Later on in the show, at uh, 1120, we will talk with Josh Nelson of Sox Machine, who did an emergency podcast in a tornado or while a volcano was erupting Mm. and didn't have enough dimes for the payphone. I don't know, something like that. None of which was as bad as the White Sox giving Eloy Jimenez a glove. And at noon we will get back to this Bulls talk with Rick Camp, who hosts the Bulls postgame show. Uh, if they lose, is this still gonna be the happiest postgame show? We'll ask that of Rick. But but as we were talking and at one o'clock we'll, we I mean did you you and Eli we'll have Eloy Eli not Eli, Eli Hershkovich on. So, did you guys hug it out? Is that it? We did. Yeah. Hate yep. you anymore?
1: We got into a little text conversation, and I apologized for my rude behavior on the radio the last time I had him on. So I think we're cool. I think we're like, I, it's a it's a mending process. We're good to go on air. I hope I didn't ruin our potential, you know, outside of the radio station uh, friendship, which had just been starting to bud, and then I think I screwed it up. Wait, wait, wait. Well, wait, wait. I'm what glad happened? This marriage could be saved. I'm glad. What did you do to Eli? Well, (laughs) we, Parkins and I, I was filling in for Matt Spiegel on the, the Parkins and Spiegel show. And we had a stupid idea to have Eli on and ask him no questions about college basketball in the middle of the NCAA tournament. And (laughs) we did this. (laughs) Yeah, we did. We did that. And Eli was just sort of, like, befuddled after. He was like, what the hell was that? And he was kind of mad, and I kind of understood it. And uh, I admitted that I was wrong for some of the stupid questions I was asking him. And, um, yeah, he usually I don't regret things like that uh, that I do on the radio, like, because they're just bits. But in this case, I did. I, I genuinely did, because I like Eli, and uh, I, I'm glad that he has hopefully forgiven me.
6: I, I think that what could have the, a way you could have done this better is done like half the interview with asking real basketball questions and then and then been like okay okay we're done messing with you here's our actual questions i think that would have played better
1: <laughs> yeah 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 exactly we never ended the bit we let the bit go too far. we did it for like 20 minutes at some point in time we probably should have stopped it and been like all right we're just giving you cra-. but we never did we never did so yeah, I had to give it a genuine <clears throat> apology to him.
3: Well, I'm, I'm glad you guys were able to work it out. Love having Eli on. This time of year, he was just... And we we did this last year, and he was, he was masterful. He was making money all over the place, but he just... He sounds so good. And on the betting shows, because if you listen, like, Parkins and Eli are about the only ones who don't sound like Muppets. If you listen to the other guys, especially <laughs> when I've listened... In the morning, and I texted this to Dustin William, William Rhodes, and J.R.R. Uh-huh. Tolkien. They they sound like Muppets. <laughs> All, the guys they usually go to sound like Muppets. And then, thank God, Eli sounds like a, an adult. Uh, and, Parkin, I just... and Parkins does, too. So they do that, and it's much better. I know Mark Malusis was on today with Nick Kostos and And that's an adult voice, and that's great. But... Oh my god, it's I can't I I, I thinking <laughs> this is really another another world and then I started imagining what if the muppets did betting TV or oh you know, they, my god they, the the muppets take the mgm or the, the, the hey, right? hello there.
1: welcome to the gambling show
6: <laughs> 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 Oh my god that would be amazing. <laughs> that
4: Someone be needs to
6: pitch if... this? It's like Animal. Yes. Here's Animal. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah.
6: Right, and
3: the grumpy old man up in the up in the Get corner. The cookie I mean.
6: monster in there.
3: Oh yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. I I think that's a a great idea waiting to happen because you listen to some of these guys, and and they do sound like Muppets. I thought, oh, would this would this be great, Miss?
1: Oh yeah, Miss Peggy, she be she'd be great. I'm counting my money. Yeah. Right. So,
3: anyways, uh, Kermit the linesmaker Maker or Kermit the Odds Maker. So you've, you've got it all, you've got it all set up, and um, you could have a blue Parlay Monster. That's what you could have, and and I, I just think it's it's a good possibility since we have a, all of the betting experts sound like them, anyways. At least we got a head start there. All right, we're <laughs> we're going to take a break, and the laughter will stop because now we're going to talk about. Eloy Jimenez. Not Eli. We love Eli. Eli. We used to love Eloy. And then... Do I owe Eloy an apology, too? Or... No, we're good. I think we're no. good. No. No, you don't owe... No. Do it... Do wait, wait. We're not apologizing. We suck so they don't have to. I was Except one of the, the first Sox people is... to
1: talk to Eloy Jimenez when he came to the Cubs in spring training. I remember going up to him and then a few other reporters followed me up there.
3: Yikes! So, by the way, that... <laughs> Les, 224 text, I have no idea if this happened. Maybe Trash Panda knows. The text line says, uh, Les informed us yesterday morning that Wendell Carter Jr. and Otto Porter Jr. are not related. Did
1: that really happen? What, because both their last names are Junior? (laughs) Junior, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I I can't (laughs)
6: confirm that. I wasn't, I wasn't, I worked. That's. I that worked his show like Thursday a- morning, but not Friday morning. So I hey, can't look
1: go. if it, if all the juniors are related, that is a large family tree in sports these days.
3: It is, it is. All right, we'll take a break, and we'll discuss the misery because the Sox went got worse, and we're talking about the Bulls. And Kevin Lankan has been Kevin Lankinen spends his entire season saying, "Not tonight, Satan." which is an unbelievable that it, it deodorizes the crappy scheme of Jeremy Colleton. Are we looking at, that, and the Cubs sending out their best second baseman because they want to do stupid business, are we looking at, do the winter teams have a better chance of making the playoffs than the summer teams? We'll save that for later. Okay. Anyways, uh, we will talk White Sox, Eloy, Options, Hope or no hope or what kind of hope there is with Josh Nelson of Sox Machine on Saturday Suckage, Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score
2: Hopes
0: Up for a $1 per month trial period at Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast, all lowercase. Go to Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out of market regular season game on your favorite streaming devices, anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.
3: This is no time to panic. This is the perfect time to panic! Indeed. It's a perfect time to panic and what would be more appropriate for Saturday's suckage then to talk about the White Sox allowing Eloy Jimenez to have a glove, and Eloy Jimenez showing absolutely zero discipline or brains out in left field, it was the perfect storm of stupid, which leads to panic, which leads to Saturday suckage. Steve Rosenblum and Mark <laughs> Rody with you, and our guest from Sox Machine, Josh Nelson, taking time out from packing, moving, unpacking. He's moving to Bridgeport, which is your day to play left field, Josh.
5: <laughs> I thought you guys were going to come help me. That's what I <laughs> thought this was about. I thought yes. Mark was going to bring his car over and we're going to get this done this afternoon.
3: Yeah, if we're not there, start without us. <laughs> so anyways, this was whatever you saw what you Let's uh, let's go back to when the injury first happened or what the injury happened. And then like 12 hours later, we found out just how bad it was. What did you think? And thank you for not taking any lives in the
5: making of this answer. (laughs) When I first saw the play, I thought, oh, this is silly. Like, I hope maybe he just pulled a, a muscle in your arm or in your shoulder and he's going to miss the, you know, the rest of spring training, but he'll be ready to go in opening day. And then he collapsed to the ground, and then the trainer came out, and it's like, oh, this doesn't sound good. And then the Twitter doctors, the actual doctors on Twitter, uh, watching it, were like, that could be this, like a shoulder dislocation, and I'm like, that's just fitting for a lawyer. And then when the news broke, I think it was Jim Duquette of MLB Radio, uh, tweeted it out that it was a torn peck. He's going to be out five to six months. And then Rick Hahn confirmed, as far as that rumor, it, it's devastating for Aloy because he's a young superstar that has only had one full season under his belt. This was a great opportunity for him to really launch into stardom, be one of the more exciting hitters in all of Major League Baseball. And I thought he had a great shot of hitting 40 home runs. That's not going to happen. And now it's just not a matter of can Aloy Jimenez return to the White Sox this season? What about his power? You ruptured a tendon in your pectoral muscle. You need that muscle for power. Is this going to have a long-term effect on Aloy Jimenez? And there will be surrounding questions until he proves otherwise. Uh, so it's, it's really unfortunate for the player, for the White Sox, you know, when, you, when Adam Engels out with a strained hamstring, there's your fourth outfielder. Uh, and now Aloy Jimenez is out five to six months. If you told me, Steve, that Billy Hamilton was going to make the 2021 Chicago White Sox roster in October, I would have said, you're out of your mind, Steve. But Billy Hamilton's going to make the roster. And that's where the White Sox are right now. They, they really could use some help as far as the 26-man roster especially in the outfield, but I think at this moment, Rick Hahn's just going to see what he has internally before making a big decision on bringing somebody in from external resources, whether that's free agency or by trade.
1: Here's what I really don't like about it, and I know that the White Sox have a lot of offensive firepower to help to make up for what happened to Eloy Jimenez. Rick Hahn said as much, that if there was one area where the Sox could afford to, quote-unquote, lose a big-time bat, it would be with the hitters. However, one of the things that I liked about having a stacked White Sox lineup was that you could afford to put somebody in there like Andrew Vaughn and let him have his the proverbial growing pains because it was all good. because And now... Andrew Vaughn is, has to step up into a point, to a play, well, at least in my mind, where he has to perform as opposed to before when it was like, it'd be great if he does, but we've got enough to make up for it. How much does Eloy, his absence in the lineup, how much do you think that is going to affect the White Sox offense this
5: year? 80 runs.
1: I think it hurts.
5: If you look at the projected White Sox lineup, I thought they had a chance to score 850 runs this upcoming season. I would probably, yeah, I would take, I would take 80 runs off it. I would say 770 runs, which then means if they want to make the postseason, uh, it really falls on the pitching staff to perform because they have to do a better job of preventing runs being scored. So this is where you're playing that run differential game and everyone's going to be looking at the run differential stat as far as in the standings throughout the season for the White Sox. There's, there's a number of ways that you can win in a game of baseball. You can be an offensive juggernaut and win a bunch of 6-5, to 6-4 to four games. Or you could be a team that wins a lot of 4-2, 3-2 games. And we have seen this formula work. All you have to do is look to last year and to the Cleveland Indians. That lineup was terrible uh, after you got through the first four hitters. Uh, and But they still t- had the same record as the White Sox. They dominated the White Sox last year, uh, and they made the postseason. And if the White Sox – I think that's the route the White Sox will have to take to get into the postseason, because so I slightly disagree with Rick Kahn. While the offense is good, you don't have another 40-home-run, 100-RBI guy off the bench, Rick. You don't have that guy. Like, if Nick Madrigal misses five to six months, yeah, you could withstand that type of injury because you still have enough offensive firepower. And you got options that could play second base. You don't have another Eloy Jimenez. And, and I agree with you, Mark, that, man, the amount of pressure that's on Andrew Vaughn. He, he has to be the primary DH. Now he has to play a position that he never played in college, left field. And we'll see how he does. And he's already saying the right things. If the ball is hit to left center field, it's Luis Roberts, not mine. Great Mm -hmm. call, Andrew. That is the right (laughs) thing. Let Luis Robert go get that ball. But now it's also pressure on Zach Collins. And I think it's time for Zach Collins to prove his medal being a first-round pick. But the White Sox are asking for Andrew Vaughn and Zach Collins to make up some of the offensive void that's left with Eloy Jimenez being out of the lineup. We'll see. I don't think they're going to completely fill the void. I think they'll do a good job of filling the void. And we'll see on how defense goes in left field. But if things get awkward throughout the month of April, Mark, uh-huh. I just wonder how antsy Rick Hahn is going to be. Because even though Loy Jimenez is not going to be available, the expectations for this team are not changing. They believe they can win the American League Central. They believe they can win the American League pennant. We'll see how long Rick Hahn can sit on his hands with the situation in left field because if it doesn't improve through April, if Andrew Vaughn is over his head, then I could see the White Sox trading some of their teenage prospects and trying to find a, a better solution, maybe a more permanent solution in left field for this season.
3: Like Chris Bryant?
5: <laughs> well, what? He's, I, he's played left field before. and it, he's That's good, left Stevie field Sunshine. That's good. Well, the thing with Chris Bryan and the Chicago Cubs is what does Jed Hoyer believe he's got right now? I could honestly see him being like, I'm not answering any trade rumor questions until we get to Atlanta, the All-Star break. Where are the White Sox going to be? Can they wait that long? I think there are other options if you look to the American League West. I think there's some serious questions on what are the Texas Rangers doing. Because they're kind of going through this mini-rebuild, but they just opened up a brand-new stadium. And you got a lot of writers in Dallas saying, listen, you have a $44 million payroll. You open up a new stadium. You better be spending money next year. We're not going to you know, come to your new stadium for a rebuild. Would they entertain trading Joey Gallo? I mean, that's one target. Another target, looking to Seattle, they have all of these really intriguing outfield prospects. Would they move Mitch Haniger? And you could put Hanneker in left field. Those are the two trade targets that I think are pretty realistic. I'm not saying trading for Chris Bryant is unrealistic. I just don't I don't have a clear understanding of what the Chicago Cubs are attempting to do going into 2021. <laughs> other Join than the club. What...
3: <laughs> Join the club and just take a uh, number.
5: Yeah. yeah, other than wait and see until where we are in the All-Star break. And then if they're not good at the All-Star break, sure. Maybe the White Sox can acquire Brian for the second half of the season and see where that takes them.
1: With the runs that you lobbed off due to Aloy's absence, Josh, do you still think the White Sox can win the division and win the pennant?
5: I The pennant, I don't know about that. Ask me after the July trade deadline. That New York Yankees team is getting healthy and they're strong. That lineup is... Is scary dangerous, and if carl Stanton and Aaron Judge can play every single day with Clint Frazier and DJ, but Mayhew, I just go on and on and on. That lineup is scary good. So I don't think the White Sox are better than the Yankees. The Twins, I can't believe they optioned Alex Kriloff, who is going to be their left fielder, uh, down to the minors. So they're playing service time manipulation games. And Byron Buxton is no stranger to the injured list. And neither is Miguel Sano. So I think that the White Sox can win the American League Central still without Aloy Jimenez. But if you're asking me, can they be better than the Yankees as is? No. Unless the Yankees start getting injuries. And then, you know, that obviously changes the story. But as of right now, yes, I think the White Sox can win the American League Central. No, I don't think they can win the American League pennant as is.
3: We're talking with Josh Nelson of Sox Machine. He's on Twitter at at SoxMachine underscore Josh. He's talking with us on the score hotline presented by Alpamonte Ford. Alpamonte Ford in Melrose Park on North Avenue or APFord.com. So there's a couple things now about the way, as we've been discussing this, Josh, the way the White Sox can or plan or will or should win games. Mm-hmm. With the ball being softer, Rawlings has admitted they're loosening the wool in, in the baseballs in order to stop making golf balls, essentially. So they say. So they mm-hmm. say, and base, at baseball's insistence. That does present a different kind of baseball, more contact baseball, more less reliant on the home run, on the three true outcome. I don't know if that affects them at all. I also always remembered something Steve Stone said about those great Oriole teams that he was and was not on, that their plan was this. If they lost a hitter and they couldn't get, even if they could get a platoon system, if they lost a hitter and they needed needed help with the lineup, they went out and got themselves another pitcher and made (coughs) themselves even better there. I don't know if any of that might or might not work in today's baseball, but those things come back to me. There's different ways to win games. Baseball seems to be stressing it. And there's a different way to approach losing the hitter by going the opposite way with an
5: arm. What do you think? I agree with you, Steve. I think this is where we have been, a lot of the conversation and tension has been how are the White Sox going to make up for Eloy lawyer not being in the lineup? They don't have another Aloy Jimenez. There's not another Aloy Jimenez in free agency. I don't think you're going to find another Aloy Jimenez in trade. Well, the way I look at it is I think this puts a little bit more pressure on Dylan Cease and Carlos Rodon to perform. Hmm. And if they can, if Carlos Rodan, who looks completely different this spring than he did last September, if they can carry over from spring training to good performances, they could pitch as well as Giolito and Lynn and Keichel, and man, this bullpen is lights out. If you get the, if you have the lead and you get the ball to the bullpen in the sixth or seventh inning, I have a high level of confidence that the White Sox bullpen will take you the rest of the way home and they're going to win games that way. It's just a matter of how well can you perform in the first five to six innings. And I think that's where a lot of the focus has to be on the run prevention side. Can the infield defense continue to improve with Mencata, Anderson, and Madrigal? Can Luis Roberts still be able to play every day and provide that gold glove, even platinum glove type of defense in center field? And I think if they can keep their opposing runs allowed at four, 4.25 runs per game, they're going to be in great shape, Steve. However, if that doesn't <laughs> happen, and they're at the 4.7 or 4.8 runs allowed per game, then we could be talking about an 83 to 85 win White Sox team. And I don't think that's going to be enough wins to win the American League Central or make it in a five team playoff in the American League. So I, I know there's a lot of attention and how do the White Sox make up the loss offensively of Lloyd Jimenez. But when it comes to wins and losses, I think the White Sox pitching staff, especially the starters will have to carry more of the load. I think they can. That's why I'm confident still the White Sox can win the American League Central, but it's that lineup in New York that, that scares me right now and gives me hesitation to say, yeah, the White Sox should win the American League.
1: Josh, in your move to Bridgeport, is this a (laughs) professional move or is this the bros pizza and beer style
5: move? (laughs) You know, this is, my, my girlfriend and I looked all over on the North side and you get a lot more bang for your buck in Bridgeport. And we uh-huh. found a, a town home that was built in 2016 and Ooh. it fits us just perfectly. So that's nice. why we moved to Bridgeport. You get a little bit more for your money down here. Sure. A little more do, space. And, uh, yeah. yeah. A little bit more space as well. Our dog has a, a has a little yard. So that's, that's what that was about. And, we have a rooftop, and uh, I've been tweeting out pictures. I got downtown Chicago and guaranteed rate field in my in my view, so oh, you can't beat it.
1: That
3: is and, perfect
5: for you. And,
3: yeah. and apparently the weakness that is Chinatown within...
5: I know, man. <laughs>
3: that is Within a, a Yohan Moncada <laughs> home run distance, right?
5: <laughs> exactly. My Chinese takeout is going to increase by 200%. We um, down here. It's it's ridiculously good. All right.
3: Well, you're you have a car too. Chinese above replacement, and now you're looking at at, at a. Uh, your arrows pointing up. Josh, good luck on the move. And <laughs> thank you. Good 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 luck on your baseball team this year. We look forward to catching you in between apoplectic apoplectic fits. Thanks again. <laughs> Sounds
5: good, guys. Have a great um, weekend.
3: Thank you. See you, bud. Josh Nelson, Sox machine. And so that was that was. Um, I wasn't quite sure how emotional he would be. So it's taken, it's taken some steam out. Like it's settled. We're here. Sort of like the initial. This, in some ways, it feels like the initial <clears throat> naming of Larusa. Like, oh my God, no!
6: <laughs> and then
3: eventually, you talk to yourself back, right? You go, oh, it's kind of yeah. here. Now yeah. what? I don't, I don't really know how much... You know, you made a good point about, it. so they say, Rawlings and Major League Baseball say the balls will be deader. I don't know what percentage. I don't know what that'll do to home runs to a team that is just going to keep slugging no, there's Are no why,
1: why, why. I don't understand why anybody would believe baseball. I mean, I know they said it, but baseball has been <laughs> cheating its pitchers for years right. with the juice baseball. So I don't know. I don't know why we all just oh the the ball's going to be deadened. We all just believe it like it's fact and it's truth. Well, I'll I'll believe it when I see it. There's no way. Right. There's no way. There's no way Major League Baseball is deadening the ball that much. There's
3: no way. I, maybe, why would they maybe, do that? Maybe maybe not. I don't know. Uh, but I wanted to just because it plays into the possibility of, of another way to win a game. The, the problem with what the Sox have done is too much is, is that whole softball team mentality. But baseball has forced it—the three true outcomes. And if there's works. another, if there's another way to do that, if there's more Nick Madrigal in, in other players than there is Aloy Jimenez, then. Maybe you've got a chance to do it. And I think the pitching staff is is huge, as we talked about with Josh. I just think that if Carlos Rodon, like Josh said, looks completely different, if Dylan Cease harnesses this thing, then oh my God, one through five, it may just take guy running into a, a, a mistake fastball. Otherwise, you look to go sign a you're gonna have to sign a DH who's who's just you know Edwin Encarnacion again or whatever.
1: You're have to but asking to Dylan guy. Cease to Dylan Cease to be that guy, that's a that's a big ask. It felt it felt like there it's was still not. a long way for him to go. What you think? It's, I don't know. He's don't supposed know. to be
3: that guy.
1: I know, but he that's hasn't why he been. been
3: traded. That's why he I was, know it's drafted. That's,
1: that's I know who he is. It's great to fantasize about, but it's it's not like you just snap your fingers and say, "Yep, this is the year for Because everybody thought. I remember in the minor, in the minors, in the preseason last year, Good. I remember Steve Stone and Jason Benetti talking about, or Stone mostly talking about, "This is this is this guy is legit," and he had. I remember he had a dominating performance and then it you know he was up and down so i don't know there's no way to assume that dylan cease is going to be that guy i hope he is but i'm not there
3: yet we'll take a break we'll come back there was some cubs news overnight and it's still percolating and so i will run some questions by mark grody he's on the other end of saturday suckage we suck so you don't have to it's just don't thank us it's just a public service it's it's why we were put on this earth Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score.
0: Welcome and welcome
3: back. Saturday Suckage, Steve Rosenblum, Mark Rohde with you. Top of the hour, we will talk best news of the week the Bulls. Not your Garpacks Bulls anymore. Lori Markinen remains the one vestige of the Garpacks idea. And that will be cleared out soon. So the repudiation will be complete. We will talk with Rick Camp, host of the score, host on the score of the Bulls post game show, and co host, co collaborator of the just publicized I'm Fat podcast. And we have things to run by Rick on all fronts. But the Cubs are making news. That breaking phone call sounder comes earlier than usual in this show. Wow. Trash Panda?
1: Okay, well. <laughs> Northside. <laughs> Our oh, calls man, oh, have man. to be explained. Here's why somebody called your show. <laughs> <laughs> I just want,
6: want, I want to explain why someone would bother calling uh, this ridiculous show. I understand, but, right. All right, so no, it's a, it's a, it's a person calling themselves Northside Stugatz has some some baseball predictions. I believe they're along the line of the Cubs. So, yeah, Northside StuGots.
3: Well, that's great. Welcome in Northside StuGots. Uh it's perfect that you have baseball predictions because we didn't ask for them. So, why don't you just give them to us.
4: Stugatz. Rosie baby, listen listen to me, man. I love you. Love your show. Say hi to my old buddy Brandon. He's a great kid. So, I have got four bold predictions, and each one gets bolder as they as they progress. Number one, Zach Davies wins, assuming he stays healthy for the whole year. By the way, he wins twelve to fourteen wins. Gets four twelve to fourteen. Now that's not going to overwhelm everyone, but the point I want to make here is, in three years with the Cubs, you Darvish won a grand total of fifteen games. I'm predicting twelve to fourteen from uh, from Zach. Uh, prediction number two, Jock Peterson leads the team in a home runs this year. And I've already got his home run call when he nails when it's called a boom, laka, Okay. My next prediction, the Cubs, you know, a lot of people are going to disagree with me. I think they're going to win 87 to 88 games this year. And they sh- will most likely win the central, but by far and away, this is my biggest and boldest prediction I've probably ever made. And I've been on this planet for 51 years. Okay. I predict that both Altuve and Bregman this year
3: waited on <clears throat> at least he didn't have to wait in line for that.
1: <clears throat> Thank you Northside Stu Gotts for apparently sharing. he knows your son and Bruce Wolf. Yeah. Okay. All right. So there you go. Um <clears throat> I do agree that Jock Peterson will hit the ball. I don't think that that's much of a bold prediction actually. I th- I think that the Cubs home run leader. I think it's going to be between Rizzo and Peterson and I would say Bryant but I just don't know if he's going to be here the whole year and unfortunately you can't depend on him to be healthy so yeah I think the way Peterson is striking the ball in the preseason and the fact that he's on a one-year prove-it deal with the Cubs so this is trust me this is this is Peterson's one and only year with the Cubs Um, he'll be moving on next year but he, uh, yeah, I, w- I would agree with that. As far as the, the Zach Davies thing, I guess. I mean, 12 to 13 wins. I mean, uh, I wins don't, don't matter. Uh, Who
3: cares? Yeah, yeah, right. I did wins. a little bit of I a I know spit pitchers pitch there. do and they, they have it in their contracts, but it's like nobody looks at pitchers' wins. But I think that when Chris Bry- you know, you, Chris Bryan could lead Chicago in home runs because he'll get traded to the Sox sometime during the season. And at that point, you'll, you'll, you'll. You'll still be there. You could say he led Chicago in home runs. I think he'll be the guy.
1: Ooh, that's good. You're yeah. on your game today, man.
3: So anyways, the Russell Dorsey had tweeted this out as far as Cub news, sort of wrapping stuff up. The Cubs are indeed optioning second baseman Nico Horner to AAA, their yep. alternate site. So even though he was their best second baseman, they don't want him to play second base because they want him to have 36 days in the minors, except the minors don't start immediately. So Nico, you were doing really well at second base. You're improving on the way, you, the way you were swinging, your gold glove caliber. We don't want you to play second base. Hi, we're an idiot team that worries about one year of, of control as opposed to the White Sox that just buy it all up. So this is the year, by the way, they worry about one year of control the extra year of control they're worrying about with Chris Bryant. Here we are talking about trading him, so that's that's what the Cubs are doing with Nico Horner. So they're sending him down to AAA with a ground ball, a ground ball pitching staff, right? Isn't that it? A team that needs defense behind him. Absolutely. So a guy who is one in the in the Gold Glove picture and will be for a while. Hundred. Okay. He's going down because the Cubs need thirty six days. I can we have a tag day for the Rickets that so they can't afford this? That I know there are baseball reasons for it. I think it's it's ridiculous. If winning meant anything now, get him up.
1: Well, the problem the problem I have with I don't don't care that they want to get the service time. It's not like Nico Horner is is some sort of game changer or MVP candidate. Yeah, right. He's not Chris (laughs) Bryant. what, What Chris Bryant was at the time. So I don't honestly, I don't really care. The fact is, though, that they did say this would be a competition at second base. And Nico Horner won the second base competition over David Bodie and Eric Sogard. And if you'd like, Eldamaro Vargas, who always reminds me of the cab driver in Pulp Fiction, Esmeralda. Uh, but it, it is, it wa- I know, that's a deep dive. It, yes. is, it, it was Nico Horner who, who won the gig. So don't have a second base competition if the competition is already rigged.
3: Well, the Cubs have been known to lie, and they just did. They're also optioning left-handed pitcher Brad Wick to AAA, the alternate site where there's no Triple A games. Shelby Miller, Pedro Strope, and Rafael Ortega are assigned to minor league camp. Cameron Mabin was granted his release. The roster now
1: stands at 31. Okay. Well, if the Cubs are competing at the end, guess who they'll bring back? Cameron Mabin.
3: Well, I don't know, you know, I have no idea where he's gonna be, what he's gonna do. Maybe they'll get something from the White Sox in the trade for Chris Bryant. So I I don't I did I don't know what the Cubs seem to have a plan that's working across purposes. They just whatever's convenient to say that day, which means truth is fluid. And <clears throat> we've seen that. I don't know how the how the Cubs are a better defensive team with Nico Horner in Schaumburg, I don't know. All right, we'll no, take a break. We come back. Speaking of better teams, that's what the Bulls are. We're going to get a look at them tonight. Mark is already in front of his television for that game <laughs> against the Spurs in San Antonio. We will talk to Rick Camp, our Bulls post-game host, about what it means, what he's looking forward to, how great this whole thing is. Steve Rosenblum, Mark Rody, with you Saturday. Suckage, thank you for your patronage. We've already had our one call for the day, so we got that out of the way. Was a doozy. Chicago Sports Radio 670 to score.
2: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof?